Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And finally, the Italian motorcycle company Benelli recently launched a new scooter called the Dong. And it's a pretty good scooter, except in cold weather. <laughs> yeah, because uh, ah, yeah, oh, cold gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, the Dong. The way it cut off, I thought maybe something else with it, but that was the joke. I, uh, his I final it. jokes, he doesn't really, he doesn't respect the laugh zone. He goes right, and that is the monologue. So oh, okay. he, it's a, it was a quick, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, too quick. So, um, a couple things I want to mention before I get to a story that I, that I hope you find as good as I do. Um, it's the lead story on the New York Times right now, which I can't wait to dig into later. Analysis. Rising diversity might not help Democrats as much as they thought or hurt Republicans as much as they feared. And that's from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been saying that for a long time. Well, for obvious, unless you're an actual racist, yeah, turns out a whole bunch of Hispanic people, some of them might be conservative, some of them might be liberal. Who knows? You know, they're kind of into church and family, so a lot of them might be conservative. Yeah, oh, they might. Imagine uh, that. Hard work, get ahead, as opposed to, uh, you know, laying around and taking tax money. Yeah. Might not all be about uh, immigration and stuff either, you know. Might just decide, yeah, I'm working really hard. Why are my taxes so high? That could happen. You, you probably ought to explain to them that because they look a certain way, they have to think a certain way. Enlighten them, my progressive friends. And also, I read the story last night. Um, New York Times is doing a running feature on uh, us leaving Afghanistan, and they had over the weekend day one of the end of the U.S. war in Afghanistan. Maybe we'll talk about that more at length as we... Uh, Trump had set the deadline for May 1st, right? And that's the that's the, the agreement he had come to with the Taliban. You don't mm-hmm. attack us, we leave May 1st. Well, Biden said we're leaving September 11th, so the Taliban seems to be taking that as a little bit of a, well, you broke your promise, and they blew up a whole bunch of people over the weekend, killed 27 uh, with a suicide bomber, mm. and uh, it's ugly. But so the New York Times had a story of us pulling out of one particular base where we've been for 20 dang years, and we're leaving, and the guy that's taking it over, part of the Afghan security force, He's got the Taliban, like, literally at his doorstep. I mean, like, right at the walls, shelling them, taking pot shots and stuff at them. They're worried about all these U.S. soldiers and equipment and everything leaving. And apparently, we're blowing up our SUVs as we leave. So rather than transport the SUVs or leave them to the Afghan security forces so that they got, you know, more modern cars and everything like that, we're blowing them up as we leave because... We think the Afghan security force is so corrupt, they're either going to uh, just let the Taliban take them somehow through incompetence or sell them because right. they're, they're just sure. for the money. Or they'll get overrun and the Taliban will end up with them that way. How crazy is that? So yeah, the force that we've been training up for 20 years, we can't leave them our SUVs. We feel like it's better to blow them up than to give them to them. Right. Yeah. Um, what a mess. But this is what I really want to talk about. And it's a little long and I hope you'll stick with it. I think it's important. Brett Stevens, opinion writer of the New York Times, they're uh, token conservative. But he was a Trump hater, so they're able to have him on board. Biden's plan promises permanent decline. And I wish more people would talk about this. I'm glad Brett Stevens in the uh, in the Times is. 
Years ago, Alexis Tsipras, the party leader of Greece's coalition of the radical left, surprised me with a question. Here in the United States, the soon-to-be prime minister asked me over breakfast in New York, why do you not have this phenomenon of passing money under the table? We take for granted way too much that we don't have corruption like that, like they have in so many countries, including first world countries, where it's just, you know, bribing people is just part of how you get by. But how does that happen? And uh, culturally, we don't have that, thank God. Why do you not have this phenomenon of passing money under the table? The subject was health care. Greece has a public health care system that, in theory, guarantees its citizens access to necessary medical care. This is the sort of thing a... Biden, a lot of people on the left are wanting to bring to the United States universal health care so everybody will get the same fair, good health care. Back to the New York Times. The subject was health care. Uh, practice, however, in Greece is another ma- matter. Patients in Greek public hospitals, Tispers explained, would first have to slip a doctor an envelope with a certain amount of money before they could expect to get treatment. The government, he added, underpaid its doctors and then looked the other way as they topped up their income with bribes. Take a close look at any country or locality in which the government offers allegedly free or highly subsidized goods, and you usually discover that there's a catch. France's subsidized daycare is by all accounts fantastic for working parents who get their children into it, except there's a perpetual shortage of slots and a lot of bribery and connections to get your kids into the slots, otherwise you just can't get in. In Sweden, a raft of laws protects tenants from excessively high rent. Except wait times for apartments can be as long as 20 years. Hmm, that's inconvenient. In Britain, the National Health Service is a source of pride. Except that even before the pandemic, one in six patients faced wait times of more than 18 weeks for routine treatment. These examples are worth bearing in mind as President Biden charts a course toward the largest expansion of government since Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. After signing a $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill in March, proposing a $1.5 trillion discretionary budget in April, uh, which he says was likely to be at least $3 trillion in mandatory spending on programs like Medicare and Medicaid because of an increase. And the president wants $2.3 trillion for more for infrastructure, $1.8 trillion for new social programs. That's $7.5 trillion in discretionary spending. To put that number in perspective, and this is adjusted for inflation, we spent $4.1 trillion over four years to wage and win the Second World War. So this is nearly double what we spent wow. to win World War II. And the COVID thing's about over, and the economy's surging. What will America get for the money? The progressive bet is that America is that it will bring things Americans like and want to keep, like universal pre-K and paid parental leave. Progressives also bet that Americans won't mind that the Jeff Bezoses and the Elon Musks of the world pay for all of it. I like it when people say that. The Jeff Bezoses of the world. He's the richest man in the world. There's one of him. <laughs> it's not like there are dozens or hundreds or thousands. There's the, he, it's him. Maybe these bets will pay off, and conservatives would be foolish to dismiss the sheer political appeal of the progressive pitch. But before the U.S. takes this leap into a full-blown American social welfare state, moderates in Congress like Senator Joe Manchin and Representative Jim Costa might want to ask, what's the catch? It isn't that the things Biden wants aren't worth having. Many of them are. Nor is the mammoth expense the main issue. Worthy things are often worth paying for. And Republicans have as much credibility on the subject of deficit spending as they do on matters of moral character lately. The real catch is that massive government spending has hidden costs that are difficult to capture in numbers alone. Let's take another look at Europe. Why does their research and development spending in the European Union, not urine, 
I know very little about <laughs> European urine. I get your word straight, Jack. Let's take a look at Europe. Why does their research and development spending in the European Union persistently lag that in the U.S. to say nothing of places like Japan and South Korea? Perhaps it's the same reason that European states cannot adequately meet their defense requirements for NATO or mandatory spending on social welfare priorities that tend to crown out discretionary spending. They spend too much money on all their programs to be able to pay their NATO bill. Why does Europe's tech startup scene so notably lag its competitors in the United States and Asia? Perhaps it's the same reason that Europe's overall share of the world economy has been continuously shrinking despite decades of peace and economic integration. Big social safety nets typically come at the expense of risk-taking and economic being dynamic. I can't say that word. And why is France, which according to the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, which spends more on social welfare than any other nation in the developed world, such an unhappy place. Hmm. With chronically high unemployment, endless labor unrest, decades-old brain drain, rising political extremism, a wealth tax that failed, and a medical system that was on the brink of collapse even before COVID struck. Whilst the the biggest social welfare state in the world finished last in a whole bunch of those categories. Wow, that is shocking. And it's clear. The answer is no doubt complex, but anyone making the claim that massive government spending on social priorities will take us to the happy place needs to address the French example with something other than glib references to joie de verve. Oh, joie de vivre. I only speak one language. Oui. And then he wraps up Merci with this. Merci beaucoup. But investments like these once made are almost never reversed. The spending will become permanent. Beyond the gargantuan cost, Congress should think very hard about the real catch transforming America into a kinder, gentler place of permanent decline. Well, I believe Joe Biden is messing with the DNA of America, changing us at a molecular level from a striving, achieving, innovating society, which has its downsides. Of course it does. I mean, please, being human is difficult. Uh, and, and there will always be winners and losers. But you're changing from a, a, a striving, innovating society to a dependent society. And the idea that, well, the engine of striving and innovating and, and exploring will, will be every bit as strong, even as we're all dependent and have removed the incentives for the striving. I mean, that's just idiotic. Of course, uh, I think a lot of people on that side of the aisle know that. They they just know they can't be honest and still get what they want. I think a lot of younger people, though, most younger people don't have any idea. They just assume, oh, we'll, we'll always have, you know, the Elon Musks and the uh, the Steve Jobs of the world and that sort of stuff and the strongest military and spend, you know, we'll always have all that stuff. And the giant social welfare state. Well, nobody has pulled that off yet. Yeah. Yeah. World's greatest medical care, if you need it, but a giant welfare state. World's most innovative products, access to the vaccine before any, all of the good stuff will always be there. It has to be there because we're America. And even if we run our country into the ground, it will still be what it is. That's just stupid. I was listening to a story about Illinois and California and their battle to be the first states to go bankrupt, which looks like is not going to happen because a lot of that COVID relief money. Sorry, you taxpayers who don't live in California or Illinois around the country. A lot of that COVID relief money is going to just bail out the states and their sucky, sucky management of money. But those are two of the highest tax states in the country. Why are the states that that have the highest taxes going broke? How, how, how does that question never get asked 
and somebody is forced to answer. You've got the most tax revenue, yet you're the state that's going broke that can't pay your bills. Nobody has excuses. Nobody ever has to answer for that. Well, we have large urban areas. We have uh, many immigrants, a large share of the nation's poor, blah, 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 blah. No, it's just you have unfunded pension liabilities because your public employee unions rob the taxpayers and you help them do it. But they got bailed out tens of billions of taxpayer dollars. It's a crime that that's happening. The fact that Illinois is getting bailed out by taxpayers all across the country is a crime against justice. If Lincoln were still here, he'd hit somebody with an axe handle or wrestle them to the ground and thrash them. And they'd have it coming. The land of Lincoln. Hmm. Oh, I got hmm. it. The Illinois reference. That's where Lincoln yes. came from. That's where Lincoln. he got on the Lincoln Jag. The got land you. of Lincoln's right there on the license plates. <laughs> Come on, the fair and square. Greco Roman. Let's do this. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Set me free. Wow, so I'm looking up at uh, Steve Hayes' Twitter feed from The Dispatch. In announcing her impeachment vote, Liz Cheney said, quote, There has never been a greater betrayal by a president of the United States of his office and his oath to the Constitution. I'd forgotten that very strong statement. Mm-hmm. Did Kevin McCarthy think she would just shut up even as Trump continues to claim the election was stolen, which Trump has even in recent days, even today, which I'm going to get to in a second. So uh, here we are where we are with Trump right now. Poll that just came out. Trump um, is now, uh, even in his polling, 46% of respondents say they have a favorable opinion of him. 46% said they had an unfavorable view in this particular poll. Um, and so his numbers have climbed back up quite a bit. Interesting. Huh. Uh, right. So you've got that story. What poll is that? That is a... Uh, should I tell it's you what doesn't matter news, to you? Newsmax Hannity poll. Well, that's what I was afraid you were going to think. <clears throat> um, I think it. Darn it. I don't know. I, I, I Coming up, it. toilet flushes in public restrooms may pose a risk. What? Toilet flushes in public restrooms may pose a risk. It's a... To whom? You, my friend. Ask not for whom the toilet flushes. <laughs> it flushes for thee. It's a Harris poll. So it's a real huh, polling okay. organization. Kamala Harris? <laughs> <laughs> What, oh, what that's is, right. It was what, favorable to what, Trump. What, what, what are you doing? I don't know what don't you're know. doing. I'm using myself. I'm not helping anything. Come on. Stay tuned for that toilet story. Trump oh, teases 2024 decision. Supporters no. will be very happy, he says. Former President Trump. Uh, the, the answer is I'm absolutely enthused. I look forward to doing an announcement at the right time, he told Candace Owens, when asked if he plans on running in 2024. Trump's response is part of an interview that will air later today. As you know, it's very early, but I think people are going to be very, very happy when I make a certain announcement. So, Okay. All right. Is that, There's some cat. Do you take that as completely meaningless? Yes. I do, too. Absolutely. I don't Trump's it, brand is keeping his brand in the news. Yeah, I don't think it means anything. Do you think he's made up his mind? Mm, no. Okay. Mm, if he has, it's to not run. 
Uh, I would agree. If he has made up his mind, it's to not. But um, what do you think he's going to base his decision on if he hasn't made up his mind? Just whether he wants to do it or not. I, I don't think he'd be polling. I don't think. No, although if his if advisors he trusts come to him and say, "Hey, this looks really bad," you would you would lose. Yeah, uh, then he'll he'll definitely refrain. He was president of the United States. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, you know, the end was a little rocky, pretty controversial. Sounds like what? The, you mean the two impeaches, two impeachments? No, actually, I don't. It's the whole storming of the Capitol, uh, calling Mike Pence a coward thing. That that bothered the hell out of me. He had so many great policies, so many, but. You get a bunch of candidates in Iowa, he's only going to have to get, like, you know, 22% of the Iowans to win Iowa. Then, like, 24% of the New Hampshireans to win that. I mean, can they they claim he's the new Hitler again? Well, who? Other Republicans? I I assume there'd be other Republicans running against him. I meant the media, but, yeah, of course there would be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just said, oh boy. See, that would be the difference from the first time around if he runs. Because the last time around, everybody thought he's going to collapse his own weight. I just want his supporters. I'm not going to say anything negative about him. I think a Chris Christie, I think a number of other people would take him full on, head on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, yeah, mean, they'd, doesn't mean they'd win, but he's going to get incoming from his own side this time around. Coming up, you're better dropping your drawers in the parking lot than going into a public restroom. What? Ooh. Armstrong and Getty. President Biden was photographed on Thursday picking a dandelion from the White House lawn and giving it to First Lady Dr. Joe Biden. And right about there is when Kamala Harris called for a Bible. Up, oh, false alarm. Nope. He's getting back up. Yep. No, just picking a flower. <laughs> that is a great joke. The old man is dead. He's dead. Bring the Bible. Oh, oh he's oh, going oh. down. I'm about to. Oh, he's okay. Dang it. Wow. What a joke. Yeah. Not the sort of joke anybody would have made years ago. That's just more about our culture than Biden, but also the fact that Biden's old. Two years and a day, mark my words. Mm. That's what? how long Biden will serve. Two years and a day so Kamala can serve out the two years, run, serve four years, and then run again and be president for ten full years. Except that she couldn't get elected dog no, catcher. She wouldn't get elected president. Yeah, she's about as appealing as a paper cut. And I think Democrats, I think a bunch of Democrats would run against her, I think. I think so, too, especially when the polling came in. And yeah. Anyway, uh, a handful of stories that all deserve just a quick glance, perhaps a comment from Mr. Armstrong, if you choose. A growing list of House Democrats from competitive districts is headed for the exits. There have been several announced retirements of swing district Democrats which put their uh, their seats up for grabs, and it's increasingly likely it'll be a bloodbath in 2022. But it usually is, and if Biden can get even half of his socialist crap through, yeah, he didn't it care. won't be enough to undo it. No, he didn't care. Yeah. Turning to the science desk. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, one day, Elon Musk has said he'd like human sp- space flight to be as routine as commercial airline travel with regular flights through the atmosphere. I'm sure there will be, eventually. And, uh, and, and though that day is not close exactly, Sunday's flawless return of four astronauts to a splashdown in the Gulf of Mexico has 
taking them a big step forward, and they're about to do it again, a similar flight um, with the with civilians. It's actually a fundraiser for some charity. I can't even remember, but anyway, uh, it was kind of cute as they were landing, and somehow I missed this. SpaceX's ground controller says, we welcome you back to planet Earth. For those of you enrolled in our frequent flyer program, you've earned 68 million miles on this voyage. <laughs> it's pretty funny. One of the people on there said, we'll take them. Are they transferable? <laughs> That's nice. Was so that anyway, accurate? Uh, 68 million miles? I don't know that. That can't be. They orbited the Earth several times, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, and then we were on the International Space Station. and For yeah. how long? I don't know. That doesn't do, change do the, the math. they travel. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Uh, SpaceX will take another significant step forward in human spaceflight with the next mission. It would be the first all-civilian crew scheduled in September. It's being funded by billionaire entrepreneur Jared Isaacman, an accomplished jet pilot, but he's certainly not an astronaut. And they kind of auctioned off the last two seats to raise money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Cool. That's, that's a, I said some charity. That's a fantastic charity. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, flying through space, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, it might be you soon, if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Cops so, don't want to shout. Just, just, just yes. to throw this in. Yeah. It's 33 million miles to Mars. They didn't make it to Mars and back. They didn't travel that far. Uh, that is clear. I mean, even a number of orbits around the Earth. No, uh, well, the Earth's only 28,000 miles circumference. And I know farther out it's more, but it's not that much more. So um, it was they were just making a joke. Okay, I get it. Yeah, why don't you lighten up there, Francis? Huh? Uh, the maybe, actual number would have been pretty astounding, though. Yeah, you're right. I think that I think if they'd have said, yeah, I think that'd been pretty good. You're right. Okay, so what are you going to take a claw hammer to a Tesla to to punish him or what? Why, the equivalent. As soon as yeah. I see one with the equivalent. What with the equivalent? I'll probably push one off the highway with my truck today. I am continually surprised by the number of people who don't want the uh, coronavirus vaccine. I've heard your arguments. I appreciate them. Uh, there's no need to repeat them via email. That's fine. How about uh, the growing number of I just ha- I'm just haven't gotten around to it. No, I'm not exhausted. I just haven't. I don't know. Yeah, I-, I-, I will tell you this, and I tell you this as a friend, my friends, um, and I mean that. If you're making your calculations based on the original coronavirus, you need to recalculate. The uh, variations, the the new mutants are nasty. They're nastier. I mean, it's like I haven't heard the new Blake Shelton album. I <laughs> I will at some point. I don't. I you know, I plan it's, to. But oh, it's it's very much like that. Yeah. Well, I think it, it's it, but it seems to be the way people are looking at it. It's just oh, like see, you know, yeah. I mean to. I'm not anti. It's just yeah. just happen. I will. I will. There are plenty of it around. You could do it today. You could do it in just, the next hour. I just find it weird to be that way about the vaccine. Because I was f- fighting to try to find the first slot I could get. but Me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, just 39% of all employees have gotten at least one do- dose of the vaccine. The cops don't want the shots, at least not 100%. About 50% of eligible adults nationwide have gotten it. Just 39% of the coppers in Las Vegas, 36% in Atlanta, that's of sworn officers, and a mere 28% of those employed by the Columbus Division of Police, which is Ohio's largest, report having received the shot. Uh, the head cops are like, hey, that's unacceptable. Go get the damn shots. But they're not, they're not ordering their people to. They just want them to. 
Police ambivalence about immunization finds a parallel among other frontline workers. 52% of healthcare workers have gotten to jabbing. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So I find that interesting, but do what you want. I just hope we don't have, you know, some horrendous uh, spreading of some new uh, super mutant that lays us low because not enough people got the vaccination. I guess we'll find out. Now, into the toilet, Jack. Follow us into the toilet. It's like a really bad episode of Magic School Bus. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> sucks. In which, in which Miss Frizzle goes into the toilet. A new study out of Florida Atlantic University might give you even more pause before you enter a dingy, poorly ventilated restroom. I hate public restrooms. I really do. Oh, I can't wait till they open back up again. The whole you can't go to a public restroom coronavirus thing sucks. You can't find a restroom anywhere. I needed one yesterday. They just aren't open anywhere. Well, public pooing is practically in vogue on the West Coast of America in the blue states, where if you're a bum, it's okay to poo wherever you want. So I've begun to avoid going into restrooms. Research has found that toilet flushes, as well as urinal flushes, generate tiny aerosol droplets that linger and can be inhaled. This goes beyond the gross factor. These droplets, Jack, have the... Oh, that's right. I was going to say, this story is done in favor of Marshall Phillips. (laughs) <laughs> Our beloved newsman who would often bring us well, unnecessarily alarmist stories about fecal And matter. I'm going to have the same response, but I'll wait till you finish. Well, if you do, you deserve Ebola, Jack, and other <laughs> diseases that you might get. These droplets have the potential to spread bacteria and diseases such as Ebola okay. and, yes, COVID-19. This is where I jump in with, I've been using public restrooms my entire life without a mask, and... Aside from one bout with cancer, nothing has happened to me. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing? Hmm? Closing the toilet lid before flushing helps, although by not by much, they say, because droplets escape through the gap between the lid and the... uh, Most public restrooms don't have a full lid, though. Yeah, wait a minute. None of them do, really. Unless it's like a restaurant. That does. Uh, The risk is diminished if the restroom, restroom is properly ventilated. About After about three hours of tests involving more than 100 flushes, we found a substantial increase in the measured aerosol levels in the ambient environment, says the co-author. Uh, both the toilet and urinal generated large quantities of droplets smaller the than co-author. three. co-author, good work if you can get it. How was your day, honey? Essie? Ah, it was pretty good. Talked about poo droplets again all day. Uh, they uh, generate large quantities of droplets smaller than Still three. Still roll downhill, honey? <laughs> Always funny, darling. Good to see you, sweetie. Uh, a lot of small droplets. And they stay in the air for a while. The team found them at heights of up to five feet for 20 seconds or more after the flush. So, I don't know. There's uh, only one thing I need. Wear high-heeled shoes. Only one thing I need at this point, Michael, and I think you know what it is. Something that's going to put me in the proper mood. I'll be singing it all day long. Here we go. Oh, not again. Now, Sean, I know you're new to this song, but it is catchy, isn't it? Oh, it's delightful. I yeah. I, I feel like I'm about to be sold a timeshare. <laughs> All right. Or, right. Or, or, or some sort of drug. It sounds like a, a drug commercial on Fox News. Would you like to fly in my... I love this. As a novel's worth of side effects scroll past the screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> May cause hair loss. Balloonitra may cause hair loss. Grundle pain. Oh. Sudden and uncontrollable bowel movements. 
I got two problems today. One, my diet yesterday, which was. Oh, boy. I didn't, maybe I'll talk. I will talk about it someday. How long it'll be, I don't know. But uh, yesterday was one of those days. You know, you'll I'll, next year on that date, I'll remember the day. It's one of those days. Ah, yeah. And maybe yeah. for the rest of my life. But um, so I didn't get around until eating until like three in the afternoon. And I had three little bags of chips, like the little ones you get at a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Little bags of lace potato chips, and then later in the evening, I ate a half a cherry pie. So all I ate yesterday was three bags okay. of chips and a half a cherry pie. So like one of the cherry pies that you get like at a dessert from McDonald's, like a little hand pie no, sort of thing. Nice grocery store that has a bakery and like a real pie. A pie that is intended for multiple people. Well, yeah, absolutely. A and, cherry and, pie. And because I have you no utensils in my car, I bought a big plastic spoon at the grocery store. <laughs> And uh, and so I'm in the checkout line, and I said to the girl, once again, the I'm too old to make jokes. Because if I was younger, she would have laughed. But because of my age, she just looked at me like, I wonder if I should get security. Um, I said, what do you think I intend to do with that pie and that spoon? Oh, God, no. You can't make that joke to a young woman. Oh, my God. She looked at me. I said, I am going to eat that pie in my car. I said, that's where my life is right now. I'm eating pies in my car. And she still just looked at me like, uh, that's too I'm bad. I'm afraid of you. A bit of an overshare there, sir. Yeah. <laughs> the I, cherry pie. Were there other pies to choose from? Uh, yeah. They had I apple. mean, it's a fine pie, really? but it's wow. a very sugary pie. Wow. Yeah, they had apple. They had peach. That's pretty sugary, too. What well, are you looking for a sugar-free pie that, that, that you seem to be hinting towards? No, I'm just, if I'm going to eat Broccoli pie. If I'm going to eat a sad car half pie, <laughs> it's probably going to be like apple, something with a little fiber. If I'm going to do some sort of depressing, this day has been horrible, pie consumption alone in my vehicle. Yes. You're going to do something different. I think along with the NFT of you explaining Bitcoin, an NFT of you shoveling cherry pie into your face while in your car in the parking lot of a grocery store would also fetch uh, untold if thousands. It, if it hadn't been one of the worst days of my life, I might have contemplated that, but that would have been a, that wasn't on my mind at the time. But that that, that sounds like a fifty thousand dollar NFT to me. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. Did you buy digital apes? Is that what you told us earlier? I was uh, all right. Embarrassing time. I was considering it prior. But I've, yeah, I've now bought a digital ape. And you said the amount of money is not amount you're, you may be comfortable well, saying out loud. So the amount of money I put into the cryptocurrency that I use to purchase it is much less than the current valuation of the cryptocurrency that I exchanged it for. So, so I, my input cost is a little bit different than if I were just to tell you what the valuation of, of how much... you got to go slow. Like. You're talking to a pie eater. Right? I'm not sure I understand either. <laughs> I'm kind of lost. What I, I, I put in several hundred dollars worth of crypto over time. That is, uh, it was a little less than $1,000 worth of... You paid $1,000 for a picture? It was a little less. That's so, up on me. But but over I'm trying over to be t- open here. Over time, you put a digital ape on layaway or what? I I'm, ex- I'm being vulnerable, and you're attacking me. No. Uh, so this was a purchase made with cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, cryptocurrencies that I purchased long ago that have since risen in value. Gotcha. I ah. see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So so my actual out of my bank account cost for this thing is only a couple hundred bucks. Oh, I see. You're you're skimming a little cream off of your games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that cream is in the form of a digital ape from the Bored Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> I can show it to you. 
And there's a possibility that this might go up in value, right? Oh, almost certainly. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. God dang it. Digital apes. Sh- name of my new band. Sean's going to end up like wealthier than everyone by doing all this digital ape NFT sports card stuff. And we're going to, you know, who's going to be laughing then? He's I'll going to buy out the show and yell at us. I'll have to sit in my car and eat another sad pie. <laughs> Once again, being shown to be the idiot. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We're going to try and finish strong. There, there's my digital, there's my digital ape from the board ape. Okay, yeah. now hold on a second. Hold on a second, because I am going to try to prove a point here, and I think you know what point I'm going to hold that up to my phone. That's a good looking digital hold ape. Okay. I mean, as digital apes go. I just took a picture of it, and now I have exactly the same thing. No, you have a picture of my phone with my no, ape on it. It's exactly the same thing. That is thing. a lovely picture of my ape that you have I on your have phone. I have the same thing. Nobody will do the di- I can claim it was I you. know the difference, and you know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wow. gosh. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Evidently, the white flash has been uh, detained. Fear not, we will plunge on on the Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple of interesting things. They're so danged long. Uh, but I'd really, uh, I'd really love to discuss them at length, maybe tomorrow when we have more time. But a great piece in Reason dot uh, com by Matt Welch entitled "The Equity Mess," which is all about equality versus equity. Just really great analysis. And one of the things that you know, I'm I'm a bit of a halfwit, but one of the things he points out is that it used to be people would say equality of outcome. And and it's a clumsy phrase, and people were they they knew. Wait a minute, that's impossible. And the rest of it, but the word equity sounds like equality, and people think that must be the same mm-hmm. thing. So I'll vote for that. And it's more just clever and misleading messaging by the left. They're good at that stuff, man. We got to be good too. Armstrong and Getty, you have disappointed me for the last time. These are your final thoughts. Oh, it's it's May oh, right. the 4th. Right. Today is May 4th. May You say it, Sean. I can't say it. May the 4th be with you. Yeah, I can't bring myself to say that. Um, <laughs> here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He presses the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, I guess Jack today, he's going to go to a Little League game. He's going to paint his chest. But you know what else he's going to do? He's going to bring a garbage can and a bat. And teach them to steal signs Houston Astros style. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to roast the other team when they're at the plate. You ain't got nothing! You're an embarrassment to eight-year-olds! I'm a good fan. I'm going to be rooting for my team. Yes. The, the Tigers? The Tigers. Positive Sean is our producer, and he has a final thought. Sean? The competition for what my dumbest purchase of 2021 will be is going to be fierce. And it's off to an early start with my purchase of a digital ape. <laughs> Jack, a final thought to share with us? You know, I suppose a lot of you do this as just part of your routine daily life, but if for some reason normal wholesomeness is not part of your routine daily life, find a way to work some in. Mm. Like when our executive producer, Hanson, invited me. I was not having a wholesome routine life sort of weekend, and he invited me to his son's Little League practice, and then we went for milkshakes after. It was freaking fantastic. 
It's so uplifting to be around normal people doing normal things. I miss that. Maybe I'll just find a young family and start following them around. I'm sure it'll be fine. My final thought is uh, going to be ceded to listener Jim, who wrote us the the following email. All caps. Who in the hell is the ad council? Give me one name. All the stuff they back is crap. Decent point. Oh, those ad council public service announcements, most of which we agree, disagree with vehemently, but they air during our show in various places. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Try not so, to get hit by a train today. Brought to you by the ad council. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I agree with. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our podcasts are downloadable there, and they're all free because we're idiots. Get some Armstrong and Getty swag. The, the T-shirt that says, I'm vaxxed, no mask. Very popular. Yeah, but they act like almost all of us have nearly been hit by a train. It's just not true. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Screw it. I'm leaving. You Damn. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. So let's go out with the fire. Get out of here, you moron. You hit me? Take your turtleneck and get. You are being a grumpy pan. Congratulations. It's about all of us. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.